This is a test of the emergency podcast system. Repeat, this is a test of the emergency podcast system. Disaster Girls is an unironic excavation of disaster movies with profiles as high as the tallest volcano and as low as the Marianas Trench. In order to ensure your safety and enjoyment, please remain calm and keep your ears locked on your hosts, myself, Jordan Cruciola, and me, Amanda Smith. Happy holidays, disaster divas, whatever that holiday may be for you. We have really, I mean, it almost feels like a holiday special occasion kind of episode for you this time. Oh, by the way, it's me, Jordan Cruciola. And me, Amanda Smith. For once, Jordan forgot to do the intro and not Amanda. I did because- On the tally board. I am so I'm so excited yeah. that we're finally doing this. We mentioned it on I'm sure. If we haven't mentioned it specifically on an episode, we've been talking about it personally for I don't know shit, probably like a year now. Yeah. Um the South Korean movie Ashfall, which did have a limited theatrical run here in the United States, is finally we noticed on video on demand and so we are gathered here today to talk about the multi-tiered disaster film Ashfall. You think it's just a volcano, you think it's just earthquakes, you're not quite right. There's more going on. It's so good. I was so excited. I it was here in Los Angeles. It was in like I want to say Monrovia or somewhere or um Montebello. It's like inland empires thing yeah it was it was in one theater and we did discuss going to it and i could not get my like i know i couldn't get my act together enough to be like i'm gonna drive (laughs) an hour and a half to go see this film on the big screen and what a mistake i made i will regret (laughs) that decision for the rest of my life you're right it would have been really cool on a big screen the first i mean let's jump so real quick just to give you a summary uh we are in south korea and mm-hmm. there is denuclearization is going to be happening. North Korea is going <laughs> to denuclearize. This movie has achieved denuclearization. Yeah. We start with that. Oh my god! <laughs> North Korea is going to denuke, going to going to turn over their nukes. Um, <laughs> yeah. But then disaster occurs. Um, Mount Baekhu, which is a real volcano in that it sits on the North Korea Chinese border and has mm. not erupted since 900 AD, erupts, mm. um, causing a massive earthquake. And potentially even larger earthquake, and then potentially even larger, more devastating disasters uh, mm-hmm. or eruptions. And it is up to a team of bomb diffusers, yeah, to go to North Korea, mm-hmm. get the nukes, and then put them in mines underneath the volcano to basically puncture a hole in the side of the volcano and diffuse the volcano. Yeah, and like you know, just a. In case you were wondering, uh, just because denuclearization has been arrived at a pact in this movie, that doesn't mean relations are sunny between North and South Korea. Um, South Korean soldiers infiltrating the country, crossing the DMZ to A, just be there, and B, steal nuclear material yeah. is still very much frowned upon between the two sides. So, of course, there's, like, politics to consider amidst the fact that if Ipekdu goes up, that's going to result in the entire Korean peninsula pretty much being totally fucked in many ways. Um, But if they get caught going over, well, then there's probably going to be hell to pay. And if there is a Korean peninsula on the other side of this disaster, denuclearization is probably going to be off the table and, like, worse. So... Yeah, there's a there's a lot to consider. And when you get going, you're like, okay, we're talking about denuclearization. Shit. All right. We're opening on our characters. We've got a woman getting a sonogram. We've got a dad who's really forgetful doing his bomb diffusing job who isn't showing up for the sonogram. We've got these people who we are investing in so quickly that you become certain they are going to. Oh, die. my God. It was within the first three minutes. I was like, oh, no. This movie, yeah, I was so braced emotionally this time. Versus, oh yeah, versus the other one that we had. What, what was the other? Um, was that Pan was it P- Pandora? Yeah. Was it Pandora? No, it was Pandora because it was Pandora's box. Thank you. So yeah. versus Pandora, where I was not like I was not no, prepared we emotionally ready. for any of that. This no. one, I was fully prepared to just be devastated at every turn. And actually, I yeah. think a second watch of this movie I will enjoy more because I won't have <laughs> the lingering- wound up by stress. Yeah, like the lingering panic <laughs> through the whole movie of, oh God, who am I going to lose that I love so much? Yeah, yeah. It's like, oh, we, we, there's going to be, there's a newborn baby involved. Well, mom's probably going to die. Yeah. Oh, there's there's a new father here potentially. Well, obviously he's got to he die. He doesn't know the I gender really... of the baby. He's going to die and then he's yeah. like, and tearfully find out just as he's dying. Like, that's what it has to be. Everyone's going to yeah. die is what my 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 fear was. 
I mean, considering Pandora ended with an extended monologue of a man snot crying into a video communique about how he didn't want to die, but he knew he needed to die for his country as he is not only slowly being radiated to death, but is about to blow himself up. We really needed to go in with our eyes open. It would only, it would have been foolish for us not to go in with our eyes open, but I will say, you know, not a spoiler, but I will, this, this works a bit more like an American disaster movie, Well, I mean, we're going to have to spoil... No, this is absolutely... So, guys, spoiler warning. This entire podcast is going to be full of spoilers. You need to pause it right now. Rent or buy this on Amazon. Watch it and then come back to us because... Yeah, because it's worth worth going in and living the journey. Yeah, I mean, I'm just... Just to give it... This is getting five towering infernos from me. Like, unquestionably. (laughs) I had such a good time watching this. Just, like, jump right to the... Cut right to the chase here. Yes. So go watch this film. Then come back to us. Um, And while you're not... While you're not listening to us, go rate and review us real quick. Yes. Um, And I I do have to say, uh, this is a a fucking stacked cast. Uh, We have Lee Byung-hun who you might know if you've seen the movie Bittersweet Life or if you saw, which is a tremendous thriller, or if you've saw, seen the excellent horror revenge film, I Saw the Devil. It has um, Jun Wu uh, Ha, uh, Ha Jung Woo, who is, uh, was excellent in The Handmaiden, one of the greatest movies I ever made. Should have won Best Picture of the Year with the Oscars. It has my boyfriend, Ma Dong Siok, who is, has been compared in some Southeast Asian press outlets to being the South Korean answer to The Rock. Wait, really? He's, oh, yeah. Yeah. He, he, that's like a sort of thing around him. Ser- he he's is, playing so against type. I had no idea. Oh, yeah. Yeah. He's, he's normally, he's normally a heavy. I mean, he's a gangster. He's a cop. He's a man saving his wife. This is the first time I've seen him as a bookish type. Oh my god, um, I had no wearing idea. Glasses. Uh yeah. So this is this is an incredible cast and each of them is doing their job so well. And the framework is we have our bomb diffuser who is, you know, and this is again why we're worried he's going to die. It's his last day. He is about to be discharged from service. So you're like, well, obviously he's going to die. And he is a, his pregnant wife is getting her sonogram. He's on the way to like go pick her up because he missed the appointment while he's in his car. They see like a live broadcast on a, a news channel that's being broadcast off like the side of a, a media building in downtown. I'm, I don't know. I, I, I did it specify the city they were in. Not all the subtitles were coming yeah, so in. So that's what's tough is me. that I didn't know. One of the things that was difficult was that they did not – with even though it was subtitled, they did not translate the subtitled um, superimposed captions. Yeah, so, like little t- with they gave little like title cards, name yeah, cards, name like, cards, and like locations and times. Yeah. Those didn't translate over. Yeah, so I don't. It was a. It is a city. I don't know which. I don't know which one they were in. But in yeah. his city, there there's like a little uh, screen. Then they're you know to, to watch the news broadcast for this denuclearization, and then disaster strikes. Yeah, we see the the like the cultural center of the nation literally collapse. These the, there are these you know it's like oh my god there's an earthquake there's an earthquake coming it's huge and then we see we essentially begin the movie with a 2012 esque sequence mm-hmm. of our bomb diffuser hero in Chang. Uh, out running, out running the shockwaves as the city is crumbling around him, and he's trying to get to his wife. And what we learn after that happens is that oh fuck, Bekdu is it's it's coming out of dormancy. It's going up, and there are four lava chambers underneath this mountain. The first one has exploded, and that is our opening explosion. And then there are two smaller chambers below it, and then a huge one at the very bottom. And in succession, these chambers are going to explode and cause further eruptions that are going to get worse and worse. And they have to figure out a way to somehow diffuse the pressure of these magma chambers to lessen the explosions. And that is going to require sending our team of bomb diffusers into North Korea with the guidance of Professor South Korean The Rock Madong Seok advising the South Korean government on how this plan has to happen and where exactly the bombs need to go, while also twist everybody when they get to the other side into the Korean Peninsula, they have to find a double agent who is in the North but has been working on behalf of the South but may have also flipped again and has possibly been working for the North again. He's in a prison. 
They have to spring him, untrustworthy as he is, because the mine system underneath the volcano is so fucking complicated, as they tell us, even the people who work there get lost inside of them. And that guy knows the mine no, system. No, that guy doesn't know the mine system. That guy, knows, that, the, knows, where, that guy knows where the nukes are and how to access them. He knows where the nukes Sorry, are. He doesn't know the mine system until yes. he knows the mine system, because... He eats, until a twist again. Until he eats the map after memorizing he eats it. the map. <laughs> he eats the map immediately upon being sprung from his cell. Yeah, and he being he, able he to take pick a pockets. He pickpockets um, the 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 leader. He yeah. pickpockets him and then steals the map, memorizes it, eats yeah. it, comes back out mm-hmm. of the showers, and like by the way, insurance, you need me now. I ate your map. <laughs> I hate your map. So good, you guys. This whole I am the only movie. person who can get you through the mine chambers because I ate the map. And so once they have him, then it's like, all right, now that we've secured him, and yes, they do secure the nukes, we need to get across the peninsula once again to get to the volcano where we can deposit these things. But guess what? Along the way, the American military interferes. And then you know who also wants this bomb? China. So we are working. With so many people of conflicting agendas in this situation, and yet somehow it manages to stay orderly yeah. and reasonable and just makes it all the more exciting. This movie keeps this movie was so amazing because of the fact that they had so many plates spinning, but you didn't Oh my god. You didn't at any point go, but what about? And that was amazing because, mm-hmm. like, a lot of the time with the, with movies when they're like trying to be ambitious, it's really got true. a lot of different parts going. You're like, oh, mm-hmm. but what about that other? Like, I realized when. So okay, just so we have this amazing 2012 a- style car action sequence at yeah at minute eight of the movie it ends. <laughs> you guys, this isn't even like this is the opening of the movie is a probably. Five minute car chase outrunning. Mm. It is spectacular. A chase. A chase. We're it is a, a we're, disaster chase on a yeah, classic. Where order. he is being outrun, where, where Inchang is being outrun by, or is outrunning. Yeah. In t- he at one point drives up a truck that is being pulled down into the depths of the earth. <laughs> yeah, he, he uses up it, it and uses it yeah, as a it becomes a ramp. It's, yeah, it becomes a ramp over disaster. It is amazing. Um he is outrunning every everything you could imagine. It's spectacular. <laughs> and like honestly kind of feels and I'm not just saying like because the because the obviously the CGI on it is is much better than 2012 because we're dealing with the gosh it, it's know, very good yeah it's a fantastic but it's also really good even for 2019 in terms of how well they were able to make it feel mm-hmm. not rubbery um, mm-hmm. it did not feel rubbery it did not You're feel right. rubbery it was really impressive but even beyond that just because of the way that he, they manage because he's going he's weaving in and out of oncoming traffic all these different things you know when we go back to uh, 2012. He was, for the most part, still obeying the laws of the road. Yeah, he was, he actually. He was actually yeah. still obeying the laws That's of true. the road. And so there was something very restrained to me about the 2012 car chase sequence. Yeah. That this didn't, this one I was it, like. Inching levels it up immediately by crossing that median and driving full fucking speed into oncoming yeah. traffic. Inching immediately is just like, fuck literally everybody else. <laughs> I have to get to my pregnant wife, who he does uh-huh. not know this, is in an elevator. Because the last yeah. time that we see her, she's getting into an elevator. And I was like, oh, my God, they're going to kill the wife in an elevator. Exactly. Was like, I, I was, was like, sure. in the first five minutes, the wife's going to die in sure. an elevator. Oh, God. The baby <clears throat> is going to be raised inside of a broken down elevator. This is yeah. horrible. In a, like, a laid to waste major city. Yeah. And then, like, the baby will emerge seven years later. Will be the end title. <laughs> um, but so and he just immediately is like, fuck everyone else in the city. Yeah. I need to get to my wife. And, you know. In terms of like the reality of it, I was a hundred percent on board because I, I fully believed that Inchang would, at that moment, be like, mm-hmm. "I can't do anything else, but I sure can tactically drive." Because what yeah, we really can. he really could because we've learned like this isn't just the first appointment he's missed. He does not yeah. know that the doctor is a woman. No, ex- he very has not good been point. to a single appointment, no. and so yeah, yeah, I fully believe that he would be like, I can't, I can't undo it, but I can get there right this very second through yeah. extensive tactical driving. And he does. yeah, this is not the first time he's broken traffic laws. Yeah, and so it was, it was pretty great. Um, and the fact that that only happens in the first eight minutes, and then we get until minute fifty, we don't get another disaster. 
But it feels the you entire time. You do not notice it. Yeah, that's the you thing. You do not. You do not. It feels like the earth might as well have been shaking the entire time. I was so stunned when that happened, when the second when the second eruption happens. I was like, oh my God, mm-hmm. we have gone this long. I didn't even, mm-hmm. I had not forgotten that the volcano was a threat, but I mm-hmm. had forgotten that we hadn't had active threats from the volcano, if that makes and sense. Then, and we always, you know, you never want to not show, a, like, you never want to show too little volcano because volcanoes are so awesome looking. I, of course, would love to just watch an hour of a volcano erupting. But when we do get to see the volcanic eruptions, they look so good. Oh, they're so, yeah. It's, the volcano looks so cool. It looks like movie. it's Mount Doom. It's just, they were just like, well, yeah. we still have the footage of Mount Doom, right? Let's just put that in yeah. there. It, it is very, it's like mythical levels of eruption. Yeah, which is really fitting because this is, so this is a real, this is a real mountain. This is a real volcano yes. um, mm-hmm. that has extreme has a ton of historic and mythical qualities within mm-hmm. um, the Korean Peninsula kind of lore. So this this is perfect. This is this is beyond just this is if we consider yeah. Yellowstone like also a place where you know occasionally the gods came out of or something like yeah if we oh, yeah if it was like, like a, a conduit yeah. if it was like a conduit to to something divine yeah this is i'm like that was just like a, a, a sort of large scale uh, thing but yeah just if this is some has some sort of i mean it is if this had some sort of a large mythical significance in our history yeah. beyond just being a threat and so yeah. that's what's amazing about it and that's why it it's sort of I imagine does has even more significance if you are in Korea where you you're seeing this thing that we see it in the first in the opening in the opening moment is a glamour shot of it advertising for travel posters. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, and it, as far as like I, a thing I really liked about the believability of this movie is that because when they send in the team of bomb diffusers, they send them. There are two planes that are going to go over North Korea yeah. and they're going to parachute in. Well, the the plane filled with the the transport plane filled with soldiers the engines get destroyed by the ash in the air and it goes down and ex- excuse me explodes and there are no survivors so that means you just have a bunch of bomb diffusers who are military trained but like they haven't been in basic in years and they're like they don't see field time these aren't people who carry weapons so they are properly awkward and weird about like this reconnaissance mission that they're on this this clandestine mission that they're on pretty much the entire time until it like kicks in and they end up in a firefight with like mysterious like american soldiers and they're like what's going on well then they throw live ammunition in their guns instead of rubber bullets which they had been using because this is supposed to be a non-lethal operation until that moment where their kind of combat training has to kick in and they have to become soldiers they are like really bumbling at points and they're not very organized and in chang is not a military leader but he's like trying to be a leader of some kind and jun pyong uh, the the double agent, he's giving him shit yeah. for being such a spineless leader. And I liked that they carried that aspect through without it being like, they didn't make it into like a slapstick, but there was enough comedy that came from it that it added just a nice texture oh. to the movie and it felt really believable it was that these so guys would be funny. super fucking overwhelmed by their mission. Yeah, this was, no, this was so funny. The fact that these guys, when, so they... They these guys are all obviously there. There's the alpha team goes down, and they're the delta team. And the fact that yes. even that's their designation is delta team. It's just like, yep, that's you know, okay, that's where <laughs> y'all stand. Um, <laughs> and these guys are just so clearly the goofy ragtag team, and you immediately yeah. love them. And when they come into the cell, they're you know, they're. they're I'm sorry, now I'm just laughing thinking about it. But there's a great cut where. They're all like, "Oh my god!" They have to go in and get him from um, from the prison. Get the the yeah. double agent from the prison, and they've just been given these orders and found out that they're the team that has to do it now. They've been given the orders from the commander yeah. over the over the walkie, who keeps calling In Chang like a fucking idiot. Yeah. He's like, "God, you idiot!" Like every time he has a question, and because every time he has In Chang has a question, he's like, "Um, so wait, what?" There's no like he's he does not snap into any sort of disaster no. hero mode. He is absolutely just a dude who thought he was going to be retiring and instead yeah. now has to do this. Um, yeah. What we learn who has what we learn in the opening sequence from his buddy is probably the safest job in the entire Korean military <laughs> because they're diffusing 
bombs that never exploded, which basically means these are dead bombs that are never going to explode. So they're doing the most futile work, which is great. Like, I love that that is what we learn about him initially. And then he goes into the most politically charged, potentially dangerous situation possible. Um, And so anyway, so he, when, when he's like, what they're all saying they're like we have to go into this prison what we're just going to walk right in there and then they cut mm-hmm. to this shot of the pe- the prison wall has been taken down people are running yes. out and so yeah, the soldiers are just fleeing the, the soldiers are straight up fleeing and one of them says well yeah looks like we can walk right in <laughs> <laughs> yeah. This, yeah. And like and this is kind of the whole vibe of this movie is that they're like oh my god wait we have to do this thing and then it's like actually yeah we have to do this thing and yeah. it works because this is very much you feel the whole time like these are average people who have to go and do this un- amazing thing but they never do something superhuman it's and it, it so, makes it- it's such a fine line to walk and it's so impressive that they do it and it makes it it makes it all the more satisfying that when they finally get to the facility holding yeah. uh, the nukes that they they then they are in their element yeah. and they really snap into action and they've got their radioactive protection protective suits on and each of them is fanning out they are running to the bombs they are taking they are dismantling the warheads to put the uranium cores and the detonator that they have to get down to the mine shaft and when you see them get get to be like very confident very competent and very efficient that was like a nice little like oh yeah that's right these guys like aren't the keystone fucking cops like they just are doing they're not doing their job and then so when you see them getting to do their thing i think it added that texture too of feeling like all right guys and now you're really gonna know what you're doing you're on the ball you are pros and so that too felt like it was a nice bit of like adjustment to not just have them be kind of like a rag, like you said, a ragtag gang the whole time. Yeah. Like, oh yeah, this is the reason they sent you guys in. It was very satisfying. To me. That's a really good point. Yeah, because I hadn't thought about that aspect, and it was kind of like it was the moment. Weirdly enough, them dismantling the nukes is the moment when you're able to like take a deep breath, catch up with the movie, yeah. which is <laughs> insane thing to say. That like, oh, dismantling the nukes is nukes was probably the least tense part of the movie until the earthquakes, <laughs> until the second eruption happens. But like, you're just like, oh, okay, cool. We're just in there now. You've got the spy is is handcuffed, so he's not getting up to anything. Everyone's yeah. just relaxing for a moment while dealing with the uranium. <laughs> yeah, while dealing with six huge because as they, I think it's like the, they're, the amount of kilotons. They're inter they're yeah. intercon- they're intercontinental ballistic missiles, so they're huge. And the things. amount of kilotons that they can deliver, like because of course there's the. I thought this was an interesting thing too. Like at the start, when when of course they arrive at the um, answer, which is we have to blow something up because this is a disaster yeah. movie. So when they arrive, at the conclusion like okay, well our only shot because of course our hero uh, geologist. Uh, Ma Dong-seok's character, who is um, an American citizen, and he's been working in Korea, and his name, he goes by Roger. He goes by, oh, he goes Robert, by Roger. Robert. Back in, Robert. He goes by Robert back in the States. Um, in Korea, he's um, Bung, Bung Rae Kang. But he goes, it's, it, he just, you know, is repeatedly having to remind people, like, Robert, no, I'm, I'm, I'm Robert, thank you. Um, when Robert gets picked up at the university, they're like, we're sorry that we ignored, obviously, your years-long research that you've been doing on this, because it's always years-long research. And, of course, he had warned them ahead of time that something like this was going to happen. So when the worst does go down, he's about ready to leave for the States. He's about ready to leave Korea. And they're like, but we need your help because you're the only person who's talked about this and you were right and we're sorry. And he's like, okay, fine, I'll go, very reluctantly. When they realize, all right, we have to blow up one of these mine shafts to release pressure pressure from the biggest magma chamber at the bottom. Um, I was going somewhere okay. with this point. They're, so they, they realize that they need basically the amount of like six nukes yes. essentially to do it. Yeah. They need, a, they need that, that's what it is. It was, it's an ungodly amount of nuclear power. And so it's, well, you know, we have to do this explosion. And then he tells this room of like, obviously like sort of like the joint security, the joint security chiefs equivalent essentially in South Korea. And he's like, um, I, I would advise like nuclear fusion. And then everybody gets all like, oh my God, you can't be serious. And the only reason that that stuck with me is because like, I was trying to think of American movies where that exact Thank scenario you. happens because yes. it does. They don't. They and, like, never everyone's like lose their shit. No, they're like, well, okay. Like they're they're concerned about timing. 
They're concerned about, can we get it done in time? Is this even possible? But everybody is like, this is insane. Nuclear bombs? And they're reacting, I feel like, with a commensurate commensurate amount of panic to the idea of blowing up nukes inside of a giant mountain on their peninsula. Whereas I I just, I feel quite sure in my bones that whenever I see that happen in American disaster It does not happen. No one's like, nukes, that's unconscionable. You can't be serious, man. They're like, you're crazy, this won't work. But they're not like, this is unacceptable. And everybody in that room almost was like, this is unacceptable. But they have no other choice. So the reason that I know that this hasn't been in another movie like that is because I had the same exact moment where they all reacted like that. And I was like, this would not be in an American movie. No, The only thing, especially because keep in mind, this is, so this volcano is in the top of North Korea, Um, It is, as we see, it is mostly surrounded by like mines and things like that. Uh, North Korea is already pretty fucked uh, at that point. Everything we've seen, every all of North Korea is basically covered in like a light layer of ash and devastated. Cities are destroyed. The northern part of the peninsula is in even worse shape. So the only thing that in an American movie, the only time we see anything like that is when they're like, we can't detonate a bomb like that in a major American city. That's the only time is when you'll see it when there's the threat of we can't do this in this city. But no one's ever like, what are you talking about? Unleashing a nuclear bomb? (laughs) Absolutely not. We cannot do this. You have to think of something else. Yeah. And Everybody in that room react like the entire room <laughs> erupts with grown men basically yeah. yelling, "What the fuck? No!" And it's fantastic. Yeah. <laughs> it's quite special. And meanwhile, poor Robert, because okay, so this is it was shocking to find out that he's like that. This actor is the is the South Korean rock kind of type because yes. he is um, untouched shirt, glasses, bumbling yeah. like he is the adorable. He has his neck pillow on him yeah. as he's gathering his. He's preparing to, to travel. He is a, just <laughs> adorable. I, I fell in love with him immediately and was therefore terrified oh, yeah. that he was going to be sent on the mission. Um, he's so lovable. He's just so lovable. He just He's like this big teddy bear of a geology nerd who just like, <laughs> yeah. no, no one listened to me and I'm in my ill-fitting suit jacket and I'm just going to go yeah. now. And yeah. um, his nickname was apparently Professor Hot Air after he turned in this research paper. Um, yeah, that was like, beware, this is exactly what's going to happen with this volcano. Yeah. So... I was genuine. So he's just staying there, like watching, looking increasingly sick. Like he's like, he just asked out the girl to prom and was rejected in front of everyone. Like he just looks so mortified that he's being laughed at again. And my heart just broke for him in that moment. (laughs) No, it's okay. It's okay. You were right. And then of course they go along with it. Cause they're like the prophet, the president is like, I only had a 3% popularity rating when I first ran for president. Right. Right. So we should definitely do this. And I'm like, cool. You know what? That's as good a reason as any to blow up a nuke at this point why not um i did feel like another another strongly realistic uh point of this i felt was when the american military does arrive and has a very strong vested interest in what's happening because we are the united states and we do our thing and we have like an ally we have like an ally pact with with south korea and we have our contentious relationship with north korea and obviously things are also dicey with china and so of course when the like the south koreans are doing what they need to do to save the fucking peninsula and literally like everybody on it. Like there, that is their job. Like we need to save the people in this peninsula and the Americans show up and they're like, well, no, you can't take that nuke. You can't take that nuke because that's going to fucking piss off North Korea. Like you need to remand these to our custody. We march in there. Oh my God. And we're like, this is what you need to do in this situation. This is not our home. These, this is not our economy or our population, but we are going to be like, Hey, you need to calm the fuck down right now because the United States military has showed up here to tell you what, what's what. And I was like, Nobody was like, oh, nobody was like a blustery cowboy about it. It was like all very like buttoned down and official, but it felt very, I was like, God, yeah, in this situation, we would show up in fatigues and be like, excuse me, little lady, can you hand that nuclear missile over to us before you poke your eye out kind of thing? Like it was very appropriately, oh shit. (laughs) Like here we are. Yeah. So, and there is, there is an incredible moment when the woman who comes to persuade 
um, Robert to come help with the the um, nuke heist operation. When she comes to pick him up, be like, "You need to help the government, please. I'm begging you." She's she, like, "He's he he wants to leave at a certain point. He's like, I'm not. I don't need to do this. I've done all I can. I'm getting out of here. I have to go home. I'm I don't even live here. I live in America. This is crazy." And she's like, "I would do anything to save this country. I would even ask an American citizen for help." <laughs> and I, I was like, "That's." a fair statement of anger in this moment. Yes. It was, yeah, so there's this, I mean, like, the movie is, the movie goes through so many different genres, and at one point, so, they have recovered the nuke, the the, uh, uranium. In the nuke heist portion of the movie. In the movie, they've recovered the uranium, um, and at this point, the, the spy has almost left them, and then gets the call that's like, hey, from his connection, to be like, hey, so what we need from you, and we can give you your daughter who is in the like in, up in North Korea at the right by the volcano. We can get you yeah. This is, this is the Chi- his Chinese his Chinese connect. They're like no no no. We want the nukes, and we can get you and your daughter out of the country. So it, if you do if this, you deal get, with us. if you get the nuke, and you get a guy yeah. who can defuse it. And so now he's got to turn. He turns back around. He shows back up to the the rest of the the team, and he's like, hey guys, thought I left you. Nope, jokes on you. They get mm-hmm. out. Everyone thinks that it, you think it's gonna be fine and then all of a sudden they are under live fire from a mysterious assailant and they don't know who and the reveal that it is americans because you it's like they're suddenly like these super soldiers they have heat see they have heat seeking yeah, they have like guns, thermal tech thermal tech because pe- it's smoky it's hazy yet they're still finding because and they're like this isn't north korea this is too advanced yeah who are these fucking guys and so they're like these super soldiers who are just taking out this team that we now love like we love all, yeah we love we love our bomb personalities i love min who's the only woman and she's just <laughs> yeah. i want like the thing about this movie is that i wanted a side movie about every single character yeah. Um, I want Min. I want Min to have her own action series. Like she the, was, the fuck up who shoots a rubber bullet round in the in, in the oh, truck. I loved him, um, Owl. I loved him. So Owl, yeah. Anyway, so he, so they are all getting taken out suddenly, and you're just terrified for them. And then they take down. They get permission to use actual ammo. They take down a soldier. They flip over the. You flip over the soldier. You see the the army fatigues, and you hear English over the walkie. Yeah, and you're like, oh no! It was such <laughs> a here we are fucking reveal of oh my yeah. god, the mysterious super soldiers are Americans, and it was I got like it was so yeah. I, I really face palmed. I really face palmed in that moment. I was like, oh no, there we are! Shit, I loved it. I loved everything. I loved every use of the way that they used Americans. I like you said, like this patronizing, shitty behavior. The fact that yeah. they're like we'll make sure you know we'll honor our pact and make sure that your citizens are safe. When in fact, yeah. Like, you know, and like basically they're saying like, well, if you're if the peninsula is destroyed, you guys can all come to America. When meanwhile, we see as people are loading onto the boats. So meanwhile, um, In Chang's wife, yes. um, who is the pregnant wife, she is um in line. She has she has, she has allegedly she has gone she has through special so travel and she is yeah. Yeah. She has special travel dispensation because she is In Chang's wife, and they're like, listen, we'll get her, you yeah. need to you need to do this, you need to take this action, you need to go up to North Korea because that's the way your wife's getting on this boat. And it's basically any like people who are given these dispensation papers, there's there's you know, been some pact has been made, you will get immediately like patriated into the United States. Yeah. And like, so anyway, so they're she's getting low she after she survives a tsunami, ends up getting finally getting on a bridge. On a bridge. She's on a bridge. She gets a cell phone alert. The dam has broken. You're like, oh, fuck. I thought that meant the bridge she was on. No, no, no. She looks to her left out of her driver's side window, and there is a wave coming at this bridge, and she is wedged into her car, which honestly probably saved her life, and this thing is about to take her and that fucking bridge out. Yeah, so the next time we see her, she's just in the middle of the water having survived, and I was just like, wait. Yeah, thank God. Going back to, that's a whole other movie I wanted to see, was just like, yeah, that that was believable I don't that wasn't believable but I believed I didn't it. care I was so relieved but I really like I just every time that we saw her on screen I was like oh no is this when she dies and then she doesn't die yep. and I also she's a lovely disaster wife like she's she's the great so wife. great because she's never like she's clearly disappointed and frustrated with her husband at many many yeah. times but she's never <laughs> like 
she the entire time. I've never like I don't understand why saving the yeah. world is more important. Yeah, there's <laughs> never you get a real sense of the love and affection she has for him, and the fact that she's just like fuck. This is who you are. Like you just yeah. don't remember to go to your appointments, and I wish you would use Siri occasionally, but you don't. Um, <laughs> yeah. And so she's just, she's lovely and just, you really are rooting for her. But yeah, so she ends up, she's finally, she's with Robert at the Mm -hmm. boat and Robert goes through and then she shows her papers and they're like, no, ma'am, American citizens are loading first. We'll get to you next. They have, they have Americans, American citizens have first priority and Korean citizens will like wait in this holding pen over here and then we'll get to you after all of our Americans are on this boat. And it is. Exactly the that, way that shit works, and it's fucked up. And the fact that is, then, meanwhile, sucks. this like army commander is standing, saying to the president of Korea, of South Korea, um, "Yeah, no, we'll take care of you. Don't you worry." Yeah, and it's being like, "No, you fucking aren't." Like we're seeing yeah. actively that you are actively not doing that. So the whole time I was like, "Oh my god, they're," I, I, I was like, "This is the probably truest version of how." little trust other countries have for us and i i fully respect that and understand why well, that was- there was two there was two the like as 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 the wife is is coming up to the the the, the port where she's like checking in with the soldier and he tells her like oh, american citizens have priority ma'am um there's also a protest yes. happening around there where there are there are korean citizens shouting like equal rights for everybody because obviously it's like a tiered system of priority of who gets it you know of who gets the lifeboats on the titanic kind of situation yeah. and that that was a in a movie that does a that that is obviously having its you know it's socio-political awareness and is looping in various like regional concerns and conflicts into it that was like they that was like the the one moment where it got really like dark and sad in like a very this is real and this is like how this dystopian fucked up gradation of humanity works and it was a very well played moment of like oh yeah like this is oh yeah all of these this is a this is a disaster movie as a reflection of our very real and present societal concerns as disaster movies often do and it really pulls it home in that moment and it's really upsetting yeah it's a very upsetting brief sequence. So, you know, it reminded me. So in an American movie, the analogy for that would either be one, the American <laughs> government, but most likely it would actually probably, it would be a very specific subset of the American government. It would be the Oliver, the Oliver Platt yeah. character. Yeah, it would be a very 2012, yeah. the very 2012 moment. It would be like, there's an evil faction of this government that happens to believe these things, but then there's the good side of the government that believes all the, that believes everyone is equal or, yeah. Or more likely, in a lot of these movies, it would end up being some sort of a corporate entity who is really in an American right. movie. It would be the corporate entity. We love a corporate villain. Yeah, yeah, who is like, well, we actually designed the ships to only be able to fit seventy-five people instead of a hundred thousand yeah. people. Yeah. <laughs> Why would you do that? Capitalism, my friend. Like that would normally yeah. be that <laughs> dynamic. And so it was so interesting to see in like that flip of it becoming. The entirety of the American government, and that, yeah. and also, and then of course, also to a degree, China, because America's concern isn't even America's concern isn't so much whether or not it's going to piss off North Korea. America's concern is you can't have those nukes because they're North Korea's nukes, and that will yeah. make China angry because America yes. still cares about because America's concern is what's going to happen with our relationship with China. Yeah, and they're very much like you said. It's a you know, oh, don't worry, we got your back. Like you guys can come into the states, and also we'll help you rebuild. But the idea, like, hey, don't worry, we'll we'll back you for rebuilding. But the idea of the destruction itself is the second, actually, is the is the lower tier priority. Yeah, there's so like, what are you so upset about? We'll help you build back, and it's like after everyone's dead. Like, yeah. And like, and meanwhile, you guys are over on your entirely different continent where this will not affect you and you do not have concerns. And we are just abstract players in Mm -hmm. your sort of geopolitical games. It's really, it's, it's a really dark aspect to it that feels super fucking smart. Uh, mm-hmm. for this movie like I it, it really like as we're dealing with this sort of giant catastrophic world-ending disaster to also have this very <laughs> thing that obviously like, I, it must be a concern I imagine if you're not in America that is a fear of just like well while America's gonna just step over like just step over uh, anybody now if, yeah. if it's in their interest politically and it's mm-hmm. like, oh yeah that would be a thing so the fact that this is sort of not just an undercurrent but a very major part of the second act and like the threat of the second act is so well, interesting and, and so smart. And when we get into the third act, there's the very, it's very well done. It's the very literal moment. So an important thing to know about uh, Lee Jun Pyong, who is 
the who is the spy who is the double agent he his whole animating force he's like an asshole of a guy but his whole animating force is i need to get my daughter i need to do this deal with china they're gonna get us out of here so he's going to like the the volcanoed out city where his daughter has been staying with um his former brother-in-law because his ex-wife is a junkie so she like turned over care of their child to her family and so he goes to find her. It becomes this sort of like long extended rescue operation. The the bomb diffusers, they have the bomb. Mind you, let's just pause to recognize for a moment that there is an extended sequence in this where the American military is chasing down our bomb diffusers and our bomb diffusers are driving a bus. Ugh. And it ends up on a bridge where the bomb diffuser bus is running from both the American military and a collapsing bridge because there's been another earthquake and the uranium, the detonator is going to fall out of the back of the bus, but it lands in a shopping no, cart. They were moving it in the shopping cart. It, they were moving it in the shopping cart. So we get, and we, we get this, shopping cart. yeah, we get this great sequence. So there's this like side. So within the heist movie, there's then a buddy road comedy. Yes. Between yes. <laughs> Incheng and Jun, and Jun Pyong. Where, where, spy, yeah, where, where Jun Kyung's like, I'm, I'm getting this to China. Yeah. And In Chang's like, I need to get this under the volcano. And, and, and In Chang is, is handcuffed to the bomb, dif- to the diffuser. And yes. then, um, they're suddenly, and then they're like in the, they, and then he manages to get out of the handcuffs and then they're driving and they're fighting while driving. And then they end up in where, the car crashes. And then In Chang is now has to pull an ox cart with, yeah. The bomb diffuser and Jun Pyong is just hanging out in the back of it. And they end up in this like small town. They're scrounging around a, a grocery store looking for food. The Americans have tracked them. And then all of a sudden, just when you think, and they're like, we're going to slowly push the bomb diffuser in a shopping cart and try to escape. And just when the Americans catch them, Min drives through the wall with a fucking bus. And it's amazing. With a bus and they load the shopping cart on the bus. Yes. And, and when they reach the bridge, they're fleeing across it. The back of the bus gets cut off because one of the suspension wires on the bridge gets free and it whips down, slices a chunk of the back of the bus off. Shopping cart rolls out, leaving leaving our diffuser and our spy to hold the shopping cart out the back of a speeding bus while it's doing, I don't know, 50, 60, 70 miles an hour, just holding onto it while evasive driving maneuvers are being taken and keeping a death grip on a shopping cart that is hanging off the back of this bus like a trailer. So I just want to introduce that. nuclear bombs worth of uranium in it. It's spectacular. Six uranium cores inside. So that happens. But then, like, this all builds up to the point where, like, finally all of our parties are going to come together in one place. Jun Pyong Pyong has arrived at the city where his daughter is. It's a really rough reunion. It's not going well. Well, then suddenly the Chinese faction shows up and they're like, where's our fucking bomb? And he's like, well, I don't have it right now, but the thing is, and then they shoot him. And then while they're giving Jun Pyong the third degree about you broke our deal, the American military shows up and starts shooting at the Chinese. And so there's a firefight there. And then in the stolen, well, not stolen, in the borrowed taxi sedan that our diffusers have ended up in with the uranium detonator sticking out the trunk. They fly into the scene, into the middle of everyone, because they know exactly what cargo they have on board. And suddenly everybody's like, stop fucking shooting. Like, don't shoot the uranium detonator. And then In Chang gets out of the car And you have literally South Korea standing in between China and the United States in a fight over a nuclear weapon. Yes. You have a geopolitical environmental disaster with South Korea standing literally in the middle of two armed factions, the Americans and the Chinese. And he is shouting at them to fucking stop it. And he he has he has generated a little insurance policy of his own. He's activated the uranium detonator, and he's like, "It's the it's going now. What are you going to take it, China? You going to take it, China? Because this shit's going off in like an hour and a half. You want it? You want it? Because it's just going to blow up. So the Chinese know they can't take it because this thing's going to go off. The Americans are like, "Well, fuck! It's going to go off now. We've got to retreat and get out of here." And so 
because they the reason they had to in in addition to humanity the reason our diffusers had to whip around on their course because they were headed for the mines they get a last minute update from hq that's like okay we've revised our detonation plan and for a higher probability of success you're not going to go to mine nine you're going to go to mine seven and that means oh jesus the hand-drawn map that the spy gave them to get through the mines doesn't count anymore so they need to go back and get the map which is the spy because he ate it and he memorized the map before he did so they end up in the middle of this they're like we're taking this fucking guy with us we need your help and it ends up back to our buddy road movie our spy and our bomb diffuser set off for the volcano which is spewing lava bombs like crazy as everybody else departs and gets to safety and takes Junpyong's uh daughter with them to just to, to safety and they're gonna do it these two guys they're gonna give it all for the korean peninsula and their families and they are driving this this time they're driving into the disaster yeah and again that is it, it the moment that we finally get to is they're driving this little taxi and again, evasive driving through volcanic bombs. So much. Wow. Volcanic bombs, just entire rock faces crumbling as they are approaching yep. Mount fucking doom. Yeah. They are driving it. They're driving through a Canyon of stone that truly looks like something like it looks like the, the crevasse in the movie labyrinth. It's just, I mean, in, in, in the movie, um, in the, the movie ne- never ending story where it's between the two, like great, huge walls of stone. And they are driving through that son of a bitch into the underground. Yes. It's just fantastic. And they get there and they get to the, they get to the mines and then the two of them. And again, the two of them are just, shoving like just they all that they can do is just shove this giant diffuser which by the way it's in a mine car real fucking durable i was so impressed with the durability that thing is made in an otter box i was like yeah it was okay man yeah cool they honestly probably could have shot that thing and it might have been okay happened like it no absolutely nothing would have happened but i was i i still every time that anything happened with it i was very concerned for it um but then they get into the mine shaft and when they get into the mine shaft and everything and again the generator doesn't work and they can't get the thing and they can't get down to the mine they need to get to and yeah they're going they're trudging they he jun pyong knows the way and then suddenly the shaft collapses and they're right back where they started from at the mouth of the tap at the mouth of the tunnels and and jun pyong finally they're like okay we're gonna take this we're gonna go with ropes we're gonna go down into the bottom of this of this mine and we're gonna get to the spot and this is, mm-hmm. and we're not coming back out. And they've both accepted. We're not coming back out. Coming there's, back like, out. there's like 20 minutes on this timer at this yeah. point. And Jun Pyong, who has wanted this whole time to know how a a, a soap opera ended. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Damo, I think it's called. Yeah, the soap opera from that ended that he was watching when he got, when he finally went to jail. And it's been this like running gag about it. Um, and he's like, how does it end? And Inchang finally, and Inchang tells him, um, and yeah, he's like, everybody died. everybody died. My wife told me she loved that yeah, show. Everybody died. And he's just like, okay, that's a good ending. And I'm like, well, he goes, he goes, oh, good. That's a sad ending. Sad ending which is like, okay, yeah, that's, that is, I guess, how South Korean soap, given my limited knowledge now of South Korean <laughs> cinema, like that is not surprising to learn that everybody they, dies. They don't spare, they don't spare you. Oh my God. And the fact that he was yeah, like, there's no, that's there's good. no that's sad country. ending. I would want that for there's, them. And I'm like, oh damn. There's no country working in every genre at every level producing content that is at once like high intensity entertaining and also emotionally devastating. I don't think any country is doing that as consistency yeah. as consistently at this point as, as South Korea. It doesn't matter if it's a long, slow, like zombie contagion movie like The Wailing or a high density thrills and entertainment movie like Ashfall. The the deftness of the the filmmakers it seems like consistently that come out of South Korea with genre play mm-hmm. and balancing an impossible amount of tones is it's just it's there's there's no peer for yeah. it it's incredible it's it's I mean it, it, this is this is absolutely true which is why I did not at all in any way shape or form expect mm-hmm. what happens next which is mm-hmm. that Jun Pyong fucking Bruce Willis is him. And he he, he Bruce he pulls a Bruce Willis and he locks himself in in the mine elevator, and yep. he's like, "You have to go home to your child. 
I don't, my yeah. child's an orphan now. Take care of her yeah. for me. He's like, I was never, a, I was never a father to her. And he like, and then like, we finally, cause he'd been shot ages ago at this yeah. point, And we finally cut down to his like hand on his hip and he's bleeding. He, it's highly possible he wouldn't have made the drive back. Yeah. Um, and he's like, that's it. Like, I just need you to promise me you're going to be a good dad and I need you to take care of her for me. And then he, and I, so the one thing during that whole sequence, because it goes on really long and there it was- It goes on a while. And there was definitely like, I did have a little moment and this is the only time in the whole movie where I was like, guys, there is a literal ticking clock next to you. Like, yes. Come on. Yeah, right in front of you. We Yeah, like we don't have time for this. Like I had a little bit of that moment when the two of them were fighting over the, like driving the car and I was like- God, this seems like a bad, like neither of this, this is not going to end well for either of you. But yeah. that was just like, I was like, I was on board with it regardless. This moment yeah. in the elevator shaft, there was a little mm. moment where I was like, okay, but well, we got to speed up this goodbye. But I also was emotionally devastated because you at this point, because yeah. they've done such a good job with his character, yeah. with Jun Pyong's character <laughs> of being this like, he's an asshole and he sucks, but he's such a likable, like he's so good. He is... Yeah, and Lee Young hung is yeah. Lee Young Hun is just a, is such a good actor. He's and playing he, the character that Jason Statham thinks he's playing a lot of the time when he's playing like a rogue bad guy. When he's kind of like with a heart. I mean, Jason Statham is doing a great job. I, no, I will not character assassinate. I'm not Jason character Statham. assassinating Jason Statham. I'm just saying that Jason Statham does not achieve this level. I would argue very <laughs> few actors could achieve this level of being like uh-huh. he is extremely deadly. Uh-huh. He is whimsical as fuck. He has a good sense. He of, is very. He is whimsical. whimsical. He has a good sense of humor, um, and like you can tell that at his core, there is something that motivates him that is good, even if he is a nihilist. And oh, I yeah. would argue that Jason Statham, very few actors could pull off um, <laughs> what Lee Byung Hung pulled off, um, and which is you know obvious why he is one of the leading actors. He's, yeah. he's doing, I, I mean, and it just, and there, so, and then, like, then we get another, like, we get another, like, maximally uh, disaster, well, that's crazy, but okay, where the way he's going to get, the way he's going to expedite this process, uh, Jun Pyong, is that he's just going to fully, like, cut the cord on the elevator and let this thing drop down to the bottom and trust that the emergency brakes are going to catch on and slow him down enough before he hits the surface of the mine that it's not going to kill him. And he also, like, I think he ties himself to the ceiling of the the elevator shaft so he doesn't, like, totally bounce around too much because he he's tied himself into it somehow yeah. to, like, keep himself in place. This thing is screaming down into this mine shaft, and it really does hit the bottom. Again, the uranium detonator stays intact, and he somehow stays intact enough, even though I imagined that probably should have broke every bone in his body. Um, he does stay intact enough to shove the uranium detonator out of the elevator compartment and try and just push it down this path until he hits the specific spot on the mine that he is supposed to be at for this to have the most maximal effect, the maximum effect um, on the, the magma chamber nearby. And so as he is shoving this thing down a corridor, you are watching, you're cutting back and forth to that. And, um, Robert is watching his computer for seismic readings while they're also in a hospital triage unit where In Cheng's wife has started to give birth while there is an earthquake happening. And then we are also seeing In Cheng is driving his fucked up taxi cab like a bat out of hell, literally out of hell, driving away from the volcano to try and get clear in time for the explosion to go off. It is an outstanding climactic sequence. It is so great. It is it is everything you could want from this movie and more. It is it really yeah, it's everything happening all at yeah. once. When they run into the hospital with In Chang's wife, it is it is Robert and the woman from the government who got him to come help in the first place. They run into the hospital. Like it's an emergency, it's an emergency. And this woman's like, "Okay, we're going to help you." This nurse, they start running her down a corridor. That corridor collapses because of the earthquake. Yes. Yeah. They they turn around. They start running to another place. Well, then another corridor collapses. And they're like, we got to get out of here. So then they go outside to probably the mash unit that they've set up in the parking lot where they start tending to the birth of this child. Yes. Again, an entirely different movie that I would have watched is this woman trying to give birth in the apocalypse. It was because she, of course, so this happens after. So she gets this like, she... 
she is with Robert and um, she and Yu Kyung, who's the government woman, who is like mm-hmm. such a great. She is also like a quietly great character. Where yeah. she, we don't get a ton from her, but every time we get her, there's a little bit of wryness to her and earnestness and that she I love. And it's like fucking espionage at yeah. one point to get Korean government information out of a, a facility that the Americans have secured and are not letting any more of the Korean officials back into. Yeah, so she has her own little mini spy movie briefly. Um, yeah. And then anyway, so she and Robert and um, and In Chang's wife, Jiang, is are at the um, at the school. They're at Robert's old lab. Right, they went to the university. They went to the university to get like to be able to to cut into the Amer- to be able to communicate with um, Incheng over the the walkie or whatever. Yeah, they needed access to the yeah. server and the. So science they they, and need, all they need to they need to speak and they use the things. Anyway, yeah, they needed to get into the mainframe. Yes, really, they, they needed to access the mainframe. <laughs> <laughs> and so they successfully access the mainframe. And yes. Robert is like trying to give instructions, and and Chiang keeps grabbing the microphone and being like. Where are you? Why are you doing this? You told me it wasn't dangerous, but she's not doing it in like a bad naggy way. She's just clearly distressed. And it's very emotional where like Robert is trying to give important information, but she's also like, no, let me talk to my husband right the fuck yeah, now. Each of the, three, each of the three people on that one side keep stealing the microphone from each other and yelling different things at Inchang. Yeah, and he's and he's t- he's with it and they are just and, – and Inchang, meanwhile, is like also getting very emotional because he thinks he's talking to his wife for the last time. And – then they get off the they get off of the mainframe and she's sitting there and they're like, Are you okay? And she's like, I just had contractions. And I'm like, Of course you just had contractions. Yeah. I have no yeah, idea. Because that's where we are right now. Which, like, keep in mind, they still didn't know the gender of the baby. I think she's at 30 weeks. They say I think 32. I think oh, it's is 32. It 32. So yeah. she still theoretically got like a month or so of cooking, but I also didn't really think going into it. She looks pregnant, but she doesn't look like I'm about to pop pregnant. So Not really, there wasn't no. at any point up until that moment in the movie a moment where I've been like, she's going to give birth in this movie. I just thought it was like this ongoing difficulty. And then she's like, I'm having a baby. And I'm like, okay, we're in that movie too now. Great. Yeah. Bring it on. Yeah. It's a pregnancy crisis. It's a nuke heist. It's a volcano movie. It's a buddy it's road movie. movie. It's-, it's a buddy road movie. It's a military movie. It's it's every movie. <laughs> I I loved it so much. The fact that they managed to mix so many different movies, and I would have watched any of them individually, but all together, they were fantastic. Ah, and of course we, of course we see our moment where uh, um, Jun Pyong has got the he's got the bomb to where it needs to be. He he eats the he eats another handful of the sour candy he's been munching on the entire movie because he's been in prison for a long time and he hasn't gotten to have candy, so he's really been enjoying these sour candies. Um, and he like you know stoically sits against the bomb as it's about to blow up and then we see and Robert like is seeing he's checking checking the the seismic activity the the earthquake starts to diffuse um and it seems like it's worked and they I was wondering if they were just gonna because like the, the the kind of what they fake you out was sort of like the last shot you see is in Cheng driving, he gets clear of the explosion then we just see like this incredible wide shot of the volcano and I was like I don't want that to be the ending, but that would be a good ending. Yeah. Like, I wondered if they were just going to leave me hanging. But they do do a little kind of like epilogue where we're it's so been. Relieved. Yeah, it's been some months now. And we're in the city. We're back in the, the same Korean city again. And um, Robert is, re- you know, in a very, in a very touching moment. Robert has returned and the woman from the government is waiting for him. And she's made him a little welcome sign. And she's like, so how long are you staying this time? And he's like, oh, actually, actually, I'm going to live here now. Like, turns out I love this place. Because, like, it had made a point of him being like, oh, I'm not from here. I'm not from here. And having a very, like, hands-off relationship, like, arm's-length relationship with South Korea. And then by the end of the movie, he's like, no, I'm back for the rebuild. Like, they wanted me to help, and I'm going to stay. I love it here. So he is now, bon- he's now Bong Rae Kang, and he has come home. And um, then we we get to see uh, our lovely family, In Chang and his wife. He's made dinner. They're sitting down at the table. Baby's crawling around on the floor. And you're waiting for it. You're waiting for it. You're waiting for it. And then the daughter comes in. Jun Pyong's daughter is there. She's a little preteen. She's adorable. They're having family banter. And it's a really nice ending. It's a really, especially because when we, 
first meet his daughter, like we left, uh, she's she doesn't speak. She's been so traumatized, yeah, she's too traumatized to talk. Yeah, and like this is a known thing. Like there's an old, just a random old woman who's like, no, she doesn't speak. We'd I'd be surprised if she did after everything that she's yeah, been through. Yeah, she's like half the people in this village don't yeah. speak. So and this it's child like, has oh. been like so deeply traumatized through life that apparently she does not speak. And now then we see her, and she's like having a sweep, and she's wearing the hair barrette. That um, her that oh yeah, yeah. when she's wearing the little hair barrette that her dad had given her when he ran, had his little moment with her, and so she's wearing he like yeah he like he's in a grocery store when he sees little barrettes yeah. and he's like oh grab that. yeah so he, that when they're right before the bus goes through the through the wall, yeah. it's great and so yeah she's wearing the hair barrette and she's like being friendly with and she's like talking and teasing and giving Inchang a hard time because the baby says something in in Inchang's like he just said dad and ever and the mom and is like no he didn't and. She, yeah, she's like he's like he just said pa. She's yeah. like nope. He said ma. He said ma. He said ma. And then and then and then June Pyong's daughter is like no. He said ma. And like yeah. she plays along. And then and he's like all oh, the women in this house are against it's me. It's so cute. It's so it's adorable. It's so pure. And they're just so happy and safe. And the world is gonna be okay. And. Yeah, and, and like you hear over the broad the news broadcast, like America has committed to aiding with the economic build back of South Korea. You're damn so, fucking like, right, we should. Yeah, we've swooped in with our money bags, and we're gonna help put the place back together again, just like we promised. Even though we would have done the same thing if we just let everybody die, and then we, because like you know, we'll sign the check. We'll, we're the we're the distant parent who sends you the money on your birthday, and that's it. If you get anything at all, and um. Yeah, it's just a, and it's like a nice, it does like a pullback shot out of their apartment complex and gets wider and you see like the sweep of the city and you see all these cranes in the distance because the rebuild is happening. And it's just, it's just a really nice ending, especially so when you're worried it's going to end like Pandora. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. It was, like I said, this is a movie I will go back and watch again purely so I can watch it with the sense of relief that... <laughs> it is a shockingly low body, even like compared to American disaster movies. Oh, yeah. A shockingly yeah. low body count. Well, and it's because like, you know, there's nobody wants to kill anybody in this movie because it, it doesn't, there are no North Korean aggressors. Right. It really takes North Korea out of it as um uh, like it, there's the like, oh, we're going to break the pact and, and we're going to, you know, go over and we're going to cross the DMZ. But there's no like North South tension in this. It pretty much takes the North off the board yeah. and it becomes South Korea in contrast with two outside actors that are like probably the largest geopolitical forces um, meddling in their lives that aren't actually part of the Korean Peninsula in, in China and the United States. And again, putting l South Korea literally in the middle of them at one point. That was a great scene. Um, it really, it manages to feel like a really kind, it's a very polite kind of disaster movie in that way. They, they, they go into they go into North Korea with rubber bullets. This is supposed to be a non-lethal mission. They only use live ammo when they're being fired upon. Um, like the Chinese get into a firefight at one point with the Americans, but like the North, our, our South Korean heroes at no point are trying to escalate violence. Yeah, but the entire time. But there's also nobody and dying by disaster. There's a very no, like, there there's, really there's a lot of like anonymous death by disaster. Like there's I, yeah, things yeah, yeah. are in the same way that in 2012 you just it, just the entire cities are leveled. Yeah, it's like oh everybody in LA is dead. Okay, yeah. But we're not getting like we don't get any of the Delta team where all of a sudden there's an earthquake and someone gets trapped underneath some rubble and they're like no leave yeah. me behind and you're like oh no exactly. he's dead that way or someone gets you know hit yeah. a lot.